and welcome to Happy Hour with the Burned Out Mom. My name is Morgan Carver Richards, author and mother of three. Every other week, you'll hear my vulgar and occasionally inappropriate interpretation of any and everything in a style that says back alley comedy house when mama needs a girl's night out. Thank you for joining me today. Let's jump into your bi-weekly dose of Happy Hour with the Burned Out Mom. The music that you're hearing today is Slow Burn by Kevin McLeod. There are two types of people who are complete opposites, but they have the exact same personality traits. And those two types of people are serial killers and geniuses. So I was watching the Bill Gates documentary one night, loved it, it was amazing. And then the next night I decided to binge watch Mindhunter. Now I know that Mindhunter is a fictional TV show, but I would say that it does a pretty good job of accurately depicting what everyone thinks of as a serial killer. And so they have these similar traits, you know, they're obsessive, detail-oriented, They're not so great with people, not good with women, and they always have this super creepy or weird relationship with their mother. And so can you imagine all of the people around Bill Gates as he's growing up and developing who thought he was a serial killer? You know, they would look at him and how he behaved and they would go, oh, that guy is whole ass going to be a serial killer one day. Like he's going to be in his living room wearing women's high-heeled shoes, listening to classical music. He's going to chop people up. They're going to be in a freezer in his garage, and he's probably going to be a mailman. But what about the people who are actually serial killers, and people blame it on them being a genius? Like you have this kid who's super creepy and weird, all the signs of being a serial killer, but everybody's like, oh, no, it's fine. He's just different. He's special. He's super intelligent. He's a genius. And then that kid grows up and he murders people for fun. But maybe that's what causes serial killers are these genius kids. You have to have the foundation of being a genius and then they get bored and people just let them do whatever the hell they want to do. And they grow up and they're like, well, what else could I do for fun? Ah, I'm going to go kill people. a huge fan of going into the comment section of any news story where we're trying something new, especially if it has to do with public health, because it's hilarious. So a good example of that is these free clinics that are popping up all over the country to help address our meth problem. And so people can go into a clinic and get a clean needle, shoot up, and then properly dispose of it. It reduces, you know, the spread of disease, and you can make sure that people are safe. And if they overdose, there's somebody there to help them. And the comment section is always just the best. And there are people in there who are losing their minds. You know, what's next? Are they just going to start handing heroin out for free? Maybe, maybe we will try that. That might be something that we as a society try because that's what humans do is we just try shit. There's a big cycle of trying shit that doesn't work 
it cycles out, and then eventually it will come back into play. And the best part of this is most of the people, what I've noticed, who are so shocked and outraged are of the generation who their mothers and grandmothers were perfect. They always had a home-cooked meal ready when their dad or grandpa came home from work and the house was clean and they were quilting and volunteering and they were such a lovely, lovely woman. And that's because Meemaw was a co-core. Cocaine used to be legal and women would go to their doctor for literally anything and the doctor would be like, ah, it's cool. Here, try this. It's Coke. And so Meemaw was able to do all of those things and be so perfect as a woman because she was a coke whore. And so that's a great example of us just trying stuff. And that's what we do. And so that cycled out and we were like, uh, we probably shouldn't let Meemaw have coke. And so now we're not doing that anymore. And now it's illegal. But we also have an epidemic of overdoses and a meth problem and so we're just trying shit so if you're ever bored just go in the comment section of any of these news stories about the free clinics that are popping up and remind whoever it is that's losing their mind that the grandma was a coke whore Each new generation brings new advancements and new technologies that the older people are like, well, that would have been pretty useful 15 years ago. And one of those things for me is online dating. And I got knocked up and snatched off of the market uh, pretty quickly and pretty early. And so I completely missed the bus on online dating. But it's so practical. Like, I used to be a flight attendant and I would meet pilots, for example, and they would be so young and handsome and look so cute in their uniforms and you would flirt throughout your work day and decide to meet downstairs for drinks later and you show up looking real good, real good, your hair looks nice, you got on a cute outfit, makeup's doing the most that it could possibly do. And then the guy who shows up is not the guy that you were flirting with earlier that day. Now you have a guy who's wearing a beer logo t-shirt, cargo khaki shorts with holes in them, some white calf length socks, and he's wearing the shoes that he cuts the grass in. And they still have lawn, it's got lawn trimmings on the shoes. And you're like, this is not what I signed up for. I am not okay with that. What online dating does is it gives you a person in different contexts. So you can really, really have a well thought out decision as to whether or not you want to go on a date with that person. You can see them in their work uniform, in a bathing suit, at a holiday party, Halloween costume, casual wear, all of it. Just imagine how much time I could have saved 15 years ago if I had a tool like that. There never would have been an instance where I would have shown up with the expectation that I might possibly be having sex tonight and then find out the guy that I was considering sleeping with is wearing the shoes that he wears to cut the grass in to come have a drink with me. Thank you.
another really cool thing that the younger generation is bringing to us is this ability to find out when someone has died. So if you think back to when you were young or 20, 25, 30 years ago, if somebody died, you had to wait to find out that they were dead. Either somebody would show up at your house or somebody would call you on your house phone and you had to physically be inside of your house and close to that phone when it was ringing to get that call. And now you can post about it on social media and tell 453 people in as it's happening in real time that you've just found out that someone's dead. You previously had to either be at home and wait for that call, wait for somebody to show up at your house, run into somebody in public, go to church with somebody, hit them at the grocery store. That's how you found out that people were dead. Now we take full public mourning days as a full society. When someone dies, if we've seen them one time on a TV show 20 years ago, somebody dies and we're like, oh my God, we're all in mourning. Everybody's wearing black. Before, people didn't even know you were dead until they read about it in the damn newspaper. Now it's, you know, public knowledge within 10 seconds of your death. It's really, really a great push towards innovation. Everyone likes to look back on their past favorably. You know, we do these whole things of, oh, well, back in my day, we rode around on our bikes outside until the street lights came on. And yeah, we did that, and kids today still do that, but I think we're sort of missing some of the cool things about today's society. And if you were to go back in time 20 years ago and tell your former self or society as a whole all of the things that you get to do now and that you have now, they'd be like, bullshit. And one of those things is the legalization of marijuana. I think it's been a real struggle for a lot of people who grew up on dare, thinking that if they, you know, got near the devil's lettuce, that they were just going to be a baby factory for crack babies and just popping them out and on welfare. Because that's they did a really good job of trying to scare the shit out of us. And so we're sort of scarred from that. But if you were to go back 20 years ago and tell yourself, like, you can just walk into a weed store. You'll be able to walk into a weed store when you get off of work. It's been a hard day. Go into the weed store. Buy the weed and go home and smoke it. And nobody cares. And nobody's going to arrest you. Nothing's going to happen to you. It's totally fine and legal. You would lose your mind. And probably if you were real invested in that D.A.R.E. program, you would be like, that's terrible. People who do that are going to have crack babies. And it's not just that. It's the advancements socially as well. 20 years ago, if you saw a gay person on TV, that person was in a documentary or a commercial about AIDS. It, you know, that was the only way that we depicted gay people because we thought it was so terrible. And if you were to inform everyone from that generation 20 years ago and tell them, oh, guess what? Gay people can get married and, you know, they're on TV and they're in commercials and all of these things. People would lose their damn minds because it just seemed back then like so bad and it's just funny how we as a society can take literally anything and just make it seem like the worst thing 
forever. Have you ever seen something just so shocking or unfortunate that all you can do is describe it? Like somebody walks in and they've got on a pair of really, really hideous yellow pants. And the only thing you can think of to say is, wow, those are some yellow pants. And a a great way to use this one is if you see an ugly ass baby. I'm not making fun of ugly babies because a ton of ugly babies grow up to be absolutely beautiful people. They just had a really unfortunate period of time in their development where they were just shockingly not attractive and that's fine we should embrace that Um, but this is a great thing to use if you run into an ugly baby you know you're all up in target and all of a sudden you run into a girl you knew 20 years ago from high school and she's had a baby and that baby is not attractive and a good way to handle that would be find something and describe it on that baby oh look at her in that dress oh look at him with his little shoes on you can do you can describe anything oh she's got hair and it sounds like a compliment and it's it's not a compliment it's just a way to get around saying that you don't think that baby is attractive If you were born before 1993 or so, you were lied to. So when we graduated high school, we were under the impression that we were leaving. We were done. We were never going to see anyone ever again. You would still interact with, you know, your closest friends and all of that. But for the most part, you weren't going to interact with, see, or have any contact with most of these people ever again. And that was a big old crock of bullshit with a bow on it. So social media took off and now I can log on to social media and see all of the people that I went to high school with and every single thing that they're doing. I know what they're having for lunch. I know when someone gets divorced because they were sleeping with their son's football coach and maybe I didn't even know that person but I know that thing about them and that's kind of weird but what's also weird is there's this whole generation of children who are growing up with parents who now have access to those things so there are children who are coming up and their lives are being completely documented I know about my friend's kids food allergies like people I don't even talk to I know what their kids are allergic to I know when their kid gets in a fight at school I know when their child does something weird like spray Dr. Scholl's on their penis all of these things you have access to and those kids are gonna come up in a world and go out in the world and think oh okay I'm an individual and you know I I have all of these great things but no I know what you did when you were little I know that you used to sit in the corner and take a dump and then pick up the poop and smear it on the wall like those are things that you did while you were developing and that's really unfortunate but also hilarious (laughs) 
Thank you for listening today. The next episode will be live in two weeks. You can find links for all of my social media along with products at theburnedoutmom.com. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe and invite your friends to listen.